0: Is yours? Is yours? Is yours Mm. forever? Is yours? Is yours? Is yours? Our lives are yours, are yours, are yours yours, forever. It's
1: yours. It's yours. It's yours.
0: yours. Just tell the Lord your life is His. Just rededicate your life. Just say, my life is yours, yours. my life is yours, my life is yours, my life is yours, my life is yours. Everything I have is yours, everything I own is yours.
1: My life is yours, yours. is yours, is yours forever. forever. It's It's yours, yours. it's yours, it's yours. Dreams are yours, are yours, are yours forever. It's yours, it's yours, it's yours. yours. My life is yours, it's yours, it's yours forever. It's yours, it's yours, it's yours. Are yes. Yours, my aspirations are, are, are yours. My plans are yours. yours. My
0: purpose forever. is yours. Everything they're I have is yours. Everything I hold yours. is yours. Everything I give yours. you, I give everything back
1: All to you. I have is everything yours. you have given it's to
0: me—intelligence, money, it's wealth, family, children—everything that you it's have given to us, it's we give right yours.
1: back to you. It's we give right yours. back to you. My plans are yours, are you. yours. You watch your to it they're you watch yours your forever. They're it yours, lives, they're mm. yours. My life is yours, is yours, is yours, is yours forever. Is yours. Is yours, it's yours. All I have is yours, is yours, is yours forever. Is yours, is yours, it's yours. It's yours. It's yours, it's yours. It's yours. You, All I am is yours, is you, yours, is you, yours you, forever. You, is yours thank
0: you lord jesus thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus you know one of the cardinal problems that children of god face is that our plans we say they are gods until it is actually time to execute them and then we start to go even in the vision that god has given to you men tend to not go off in their own wisdom Men tend to go off in their own understanding. Men tend to go off in their own way, in their own thought of how they think the plan of God should be actualized um, and forgetting that the God that gave the plan also has knows the how, also knows the when. God does not make plans without timing. God does not make plans without purpose. God does not make plans without resources. So when the God that gives you a plan, you know, I was, I was speaking to someone this week that imagine if God gave you quadruplets or something, that what would happen? I, I was just laughing because if God decides to give me quadruplets, he must definitely have a way that he plans to take care of them because they he handed them to me essentially. But the thing is, many times as children of God, we say we trust God until it is time to actually show it. And then at that point, we realize that we don't trust him as much as we say we do. Before you sit down this morning, just speak to the Lord and say, help me. At every point that I've said, I trust you, and then I've just gone on to do it my way, help me. Help me to find the plan, help me to find the purpose, help me to find the will, and help me to be patient enough to ask you for the actualization and how to go about doing these things. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Let's settle down quietly in God's presence. Um, ex- today's, the topic of today's teaching is, if you build it, I will come. And I want us to take it as a challenge from God this morning. If you build it, I will come. And I'm going to read a few passages of the scripture. Um, Exodus chapter 25. Let's start from there. Exodus chapter 25, verse 40. I'll read one verse from there and then we'll go to the book of Numbers. Exodus 25, verse 40, if you are there, it says, "It says, and see to him that you make them according to the pattern that you were shown on the mountain. That in itself is an entire sermon. Moses had gone up onto the mountain of the Lord and the Lord then showed him the patterns of... of you know, it's interesting when men say that Old Testament, Old Testament, Old Testament, uh, temple and all of that, Old Testament. It, it, it displays a, a, a lack of understanding of the actual workings of God. There was nothing that Moses built in the temple that he wasn't shown on the mountain. And what it was shown was that he was taken up to the temple of the Lord. And as he saw the layout of the temple, then he came to the hearth to replicate it. There is a spiritual law that if you want to host a spirit, then you have to create an environment that is conducive for the spirit. That is why a a, a, a witch's coven has to have certain items. Those items are what make the place conducive for the spirits behind that witchcraft to be able to rest. Your, the, the reason the Holy Spirit cannot rest on a person... Is is because they are not saved. your life has to come alive. The Holy Spirit does not deal with in fled, in dead things. It deals with living sacrifices. So the Holy Spirit, your spirit has to come alive by your acceptance of the of the person or the sacrifice of Jesus, and then the Holy Ghost can rest upon you. So there, there is always a pattern that that this physical has to conform to the garden of eden could host god coming up and down because there was a certain there was a certain um way that the that the garden of eden was set up like an embassy for the lord and that's why the lord could come down come up and down the way he he, he did also, you see in the story of Jacob, there w- the reason there was a spirit embassy there, such that he, he, he used stones as his pillow and then had a dream and saw angels ascending and descending, was because his father, grandfather Abraham had created an environment, an altar, an altar, an altar that, w- that, that they, they, please, they are making nice. They, he has created an altar that would that allowed for the hosting of the spirit of god and so when it, when moses was to build the temple the only way he could build it that god would be a part of it was to build it in a way that could host God. And so what God did God do? God took him up to the earth. He, he climbed up the mountain, then he was he was taken up into heaven. And God showed him that this is what my temple, the temple that I abide in, this is what it looks like. This is what the 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 holy of holies looks like. This is what the temple looks like. That's why you get the book of Revelations, even in Revelations the, the, the angels are still offering incense. And so so the, he, then he, he saw that, and then the Lord came to him in this exodus twenty five and said, "Be careful, make sure that the temple you are building, you build it according to what you are shown, according to what you had seen. So when Moses was was building, the, the, the altar of sacrifice, the brazen lava, the the seven candlesticks, the altar of incense, the table of showbread, the holy of holies, and all those things. He built them according to what they have seen. And you will know that in heaven all those things exist. Yeah, so it, it, uh, we, we won't even, we, maybe at some point, we will, uh, uh, maybe later we'll draw a, a, dis, a, a, a we will point, we'll look in the New, New Testament and see, where the scriptures point to those things as stepwise into seeing that which into uh, into reaching God the Holy of Holies, the same way it says uh, you enter into the temple with thanksgiving and you praise it's that's already an offering you know, different things even up to the colors of the of the of the of the temple coverings and all that everything had everything has a New Testament expression and it's not that not that the Lord Jesus died it's not like the temple in heaven was destroyed nope it's still there yet the the instruments like I showed us a few weeks ago the 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 part, the, the method the the instruments of worship may have shifted but the cardinal principles have not changed. God didn't suddenly just change his mind and say, no, not that It's just that many of these things were were accomplished now through Jesus Christ. And then on the basis of Jesus Christ, there are still ways that you approach God. There are still ways that you deal with the things of God. Maybe we'll look at that later, but that's not the emphasis for today. You know, then let's quickly jump to Numbers chapter 7. Numbers 7, verse 1. It says, now it came to pass when Moses had finished setting up the tabernacle that he anointed it and consecrated it and all the furnishings and the altar and all the utensils. So he anointed them and he consecrated them. So the Bible shows us here that what God said in Exodus 25 that he must be careful to build. Now Moses goes ahead and starts to build and he consecrates everything. You will notice in this passage that he said he anointed it he consecrated it all the furnishing and everything everything that is where many people stop many people build many people put things together for god and they are, and because he has anointed because he has consecrated because he had done all those things people now think okay it's done it's acceptable but well, that's not the way god sees it and we will see that later he, he had done the anointing and the consecration but the proof that god has accepted the anointing and the consecration and the building and everything is that god turns up if god does if if god does not turn up then all the anointing and the consecration and everything you have done have not been accepted so if you build the proof that it is acceptable to god is that god shows up in what you have put together you know if you if you look that at that same number 7 from verse 2 It says, then the leaders of Israel, the heads of their fathers' houses, who were the leaders of the tribes, and over those who were numbered, made an offering. So everybody, if you start to look at it from 2 to 5, so then they started to do the things that God had instructed them to do. And if you look, if you read this entire chapter, up until verse 88, you will see things that they were doing according to how they were commanded to do them. And then if you get to the last verse of that chapter, Verse 89, it says, now, when Moses went into the tabernacle of meeting to speak with him, he heard the voice of one speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubs. Thus, he spoke to him. So the proof that everything, the building of the temple was to specification, that all the offerings were to specification, that everything was, was that God could now inhabit that which they have built, and then God spoke from the Holy of Holies. You notice that Moses here went into the Holy of Holies, even though he was not the high priest. You know, I've taught us before. It's Aaron that went in once a year. Moses went in as often as was necessary so here you see Moses going uh, going into the Holy of Olives and the Lord speaking to him from the mercy seat. So the voice of God basically came as proof that Moses, most Prophet Moses had built what he was shown in heaven. That's the principle I was telling us that if you want to host a spirit, there has to be. That's why all these spirits, when people, they, 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 they go and ask the spirit that, what would you want? Have you you know, I asked us one day, have you seen, have you seen... um a, a, a traditionalist in the middle of central London and the person has put all their things together. Have you seen it before? Mm-hmm. Why haven't you seen it before? Because central London is not, is that, that central place is not where you, it's not the conducive environment for speaking to your God. You know, it, it speaks to believers where people don't have their own private altars, you don't have your, the, your time that you speak to your God. It is all well and good. You can talk to God everywhere in your spirit and all that, but there has to be a special time, a special place, or, or a special practice that is between you and God so that both of you know that this is where we do our regular family meetings. So, we, but you, you that's imp- You might not find a Babalawa in central London, but you will be surprised that, that there, are, there are places in this London That people go to consult this man, you know that. But if you get into that house, you are not going to find cushion and fancy setting like that. It doesn't matter who you are. If that spirit demands that you sit on the floor, you sit on the floor. If that spirit demands that you do certain things, you do it. Otherwise, you cannot have an interaction with the Spirit. So it's the same thing with God. We cannot. We, it is all well and good saying God is merciful, God is kind. But when you start to deal with God at certain levels, there, are, there is specificity to the dealings of God. There, God never lowers the standard. This is how God deals with men. God says, um, I put before you life and death. I advise you to choose life. God never, never takes away your power of choice. God would always give you your choice that, okay, you can decide to take it or leave it. But then God comes and says, if you are going to take it, this is how you must take it. You are free to not take it. But you cannot now tell God, this is how I want to serve you. No. God tells you how you must serve him. But you are free to not serve him at the expense of eternal salvation god still at the expense of our soul of the place all of us will end up god still made salvation optional if salvation is optional why would god now come and impose anything else on you the reason god can dictate in your life is because you have made him lord you have said here is the key you can have it do what you want until you do that then God is your savior, but he has not yet become your Lord. And as a savior, he he has his boundaries and everything. When he becomes Lord, then you have made him to be in charge of everything. So children of God, God is Lord when it comes to their healing and their health and everything. But God sometimes is not Lord when it comes to their money. Uh, um, Let us rationalize this matter. God, what do you need my hundred pounds for? you own the heavens and the earth and all that. Why should I give you a hundred pounds? What is it for? Whereas, God has said, the tight is mine. It is what it is. If you are not happy with it, you know, like, like was it that I was saying recently? People look at the New Testament and think, uh, we are all blood washed now. Whereas, the New Testament laws are more difficult than the Old Testament laws. In the Old Testament, the Bible says, if you commit adultery, you are, by the testimony of two or three people, they stone you to death. Jesus came and said, "It is not so." If you, as much as think, isn't that in your Bible? Say, so if you, as much as you've not done it, you are only thinking. Once you have, once you have beheld the similitude of the, of the system, you have concluded this will be good for breakfast. You are finished. That is what Jesus said. So, which one is harder? So, how many, how many people? If we want to start doing the analysis, how many people <coughs> are serial adulterers, uh, but they have never committed adultery? None of us can see, but in the spirit realm, they, are, they fornicate every day and every time. Every time they enter a red bus, they are fornicated on the bus. Every time they get in a the cab, they are fornicated. On the only th- the thing is just that the 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 the, the grace of the that's like the sacrifice of Jesus what he had to pay was so grievous, such that now it covers all these things. All we need to do is now ask for mercy. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many times the brother fornicated on the boss. Once he looks up and says, "God have mercy, forgive me." The matter is done. We are asked in the Old Testament. Um, one or two stones might 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 land on your head, you know, things like that. So the sacrifice of Jesus makes accessing mercy and grace easier. But it doesn't make it doesn't mean his sacrifice made the laws any less. It doesn't mean that he, he stepped down the standard of God. And we must always seek to therefore build to the de- determine to, to to build according to what the Lord has said. And like I started with that many times, people, they get plans from God and then make amendments to it and then wonder why God is not running after them. You know, if you continue this book of Numbers, by right, then you get to chapter 8, then God starts to talk to, to from chapter 8, verse 1, then the Lord spoke to Moses and says, speak to Aaron and say to him, then God starts to speak about the priesthood. And what Aaron needed to do, and what his sons needed to do, how to conduct themselves themselves in the tabernacle, so the first step that God did was God gave Moses the plan of the tabernacle, and when he had built it to specification, and God could live there, his presence could rest there. then God starts to talk about how to conduct things, uh, how to conduct the priesthood acceptably and all of that, how the priest should behave, how Aaron should behave, how his children should behave, things like that. And that is so that the proof of, of, of that what you have built is acceptable to God is that then God now comes and says, oh, this is wonderful. Okay, so this is the next phase. There is always a next phase. But many times, you know, a man of God said that, the Lord said to him that many, many, Ministers of God, many children of God don't even get to don't even get through the first phase of his plan for them. Whereas his plan for them are usually multiple phases. But are many, many people never even get through please close the door. Many, many people don't e- not it don't even get through the first phase of the plan of God. Hallelujah. So God, as we must build acceptably, and building acceptably comes from having knowledge of, of what and how to build in the first place. God wants us to build acceptably, but you do not get to do that building unless there is a knowledge Of what to build and how to build it in the first place so what we need to start building anything for god whether it is in our personal life or in in church or in business in whatever is a revelation of what god wants you to build moses didn't say oh i have so much zeal i want to build a tabernacle for god no god first had to show him what needed to be built that's why like in that Exodus 25, it says, What you are shown on the mountain. Many of us need a mountain experience. Many of us need to climb up the mountain. Many times, when God, you know, I was, was it a um, Bible study I was showing us that when the multitude came to the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, what did he do? He climbed up the mountain, and only his disciples were bothered to climb the mountain with him. The rest of them chilled and waited for him down When you finish your story with the 12, Come down here and do miracles. Whereas the things that those ones heard were things were, were the deep things of the kingdom. You always have to go higher. In the book of Revelations, when John had seen visions, he said, come up either. You know that song, that goes, come up either and all that. You, there is, there are, you, your vision on the ground is, okay, all of us have been on airplanes before. What is the field of vision? When a, a plane is about to land, it's getting close. And have you ever, you, 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 know, you can imagine how much of the city you suddenly see because you are right above there. Whereas, now that we are standing, can we, most of us can't even see past these walls. That is the difference between staying on the ground and the level plane with people. It is how people things catch men. When men are on the ground, when men are on the lowest energy level in the spirit, that's how things catch them on are Whereas, if you are high, if you go higher in the things of God, you are able to see things. You, you can see so you can see wherever, you can see Croydon, you can see wherever. While you are right just on top of London, but whereas if you are here you can't see that far. But if something is coming, you can see it, you, you can tell you can tell because you have gone higher in the spirit and you can see things for what they really are. How do you know the UK is an island? because somebody went higher and, and drew the map and figured okay we are stuck in we are in an highland and all things like that somebody went up to see from a vantage position you need a vantage position in the spirit if you want to prosecute life you 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 or else when people when things when everything this is one of the proofs that you need to go higher in the spirit when everything catches you unawares Every when it is that everything that is happening in your life is just hitting you left, right, side, everything is just slapping you in the face. There is no you have no clue that something is coming, something is about to happen. It is proof that you need to climb higher in the spirit. Things everything should not there are things God might not tell you for some different reasons, but not everything in your life should catch you unawares. That you can't you can't point to okay. This is something that God has said he wants to do in my life. This is something God has said he wants to do in my family. This is something God wants to do in my life. This is, if there is nothing like that that you can point to, it is a sign that you are living on the ground plane of life. So imagine if I was high up in the sky. Maybe I'm, I'm like at the, on a 25-story building and I'm looking there are people at the bus stop sitting, waiting for the bus. But I can see Angel, for example. And I, I can see that bus 38 is coming, right? Imagine if I'm at, at the top. And I'm, I'm waiting for bus 38, but I can see that it is at Angel. Then I can run down and come and wait for it because I know it is coming. So I'm prepared for it. But someone that cannot see that far has no clue. That the bus is coming. If the person is not at the bus stop already, they miss it. Many children of God miss the things that God has for them because they have not had any foresight into what God is planning. And so when it hits them, it hits them in a way that they are not prepared for. The story of Noah. Noah spent 100 years building the ark and telling people that it will rain. Even though he himself did not know what rain looked like. But he believed God and built him. And God, that was saying, and God, three stories, without crane, without all these things. Three st- you think it's easy that it took it that long. I really, my favorite part of that story is, is Methuselah. People uh, say Methuselah was useless, but forgetting that the definition of Methuselah is that when he dies, the flood will come. So one of the reasons Methuselah could not die was because it was taking Noah long to finish building. And the year that Methuselah finally died, the flood came. So his life was a marker for the end of a generation. So when people say Medusala just lived and died and was useless, it's a it's a lack of understanding of scriptures. No, it wasn't. He he was anytime it was every morning that Medusala woke up like this and yearned in front of his tent, that was an extra day of grace but the people didn't see it. Every day, the day, well, you know, there was one morning like that, that Menzelah didn't wake up to yawn like that, and all of them did not know that that was the day that judgment was going to fall, and the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So if we start building without revelation, what happens is that many times we're already building wrong. We're already making mistakes because we don't even have a, rev- if you don't have a revelation of what to do you to build, how do you know you're building the right thing? How do you know that you are doing right? You know, Psalm 11, verse 3 said, if the, if the foundation be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? It depends on the kind of foundation. There are foundations that can be rebuilt. There are foundations that if that foundation is destroyed, the only thing the righteous can do is hold on to his salvation until he goes home. Yes. You know, I, I had this student this, uh, of, of a, 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 a man who had issues with his wife. I think the two children stayed with the with the with the wife and all she did was poison the children's heart against the man and eventually eventually now these children are grown they became grown became mighty doctors and all that and then the man is there struggling eventually man dies when man dies, and the chi- now the man is dead. Children now came around to maybe do the burial and everything. And they started to find out from people the kind of man that their father was. And found out that 90% of the things their mother said about the man was not true. And then they started crying. They can cry from now to next week. The man is dead. The man spent the last few years of his life miserable because their mom Told them that their father was the cousin of the devil. What do? How do you begin to fix that? You cannot fix it. It's done. The man is old. Is dead. He is gone. You will live with the. So it's not. That there are foundations that can be rebuilt. You know, someone was um, was was, you know, maybe someone to s- you went to school with fake results and all that, and all that, and then now they've caught you. Or, or now you become born again and, and, and now you, had, you go and write another entrance exam and then you start again. It doesn't matter that you're the oldest in your class. It's a, but I've seen stories of father and son graduating the same day for whatever reason. You, that kind of thing you might, you might still be able to salvage so that somebody doesn't come 10 years down the line and says, I, it was me you paid when you wanted to do that thing. So what are you talking about? Fraud. You know, different things. So some foundations are fixable. But there are foundations also that if if things are not, many things are time bound in this world. Many of, you know, God is outside time. So time doesn't bother, time doesn't affect him, doesn't hold him. But man, on the other hand, is bound by time. By time you spend your 120 years on this planet, You, if Jesus has not come, you die, you go and the bible says your works will follow you. So you have time. You know like um Reverend Kenneth Hagin was saying one day that after about 15 years of service the lord came to me and said, "Hey son, well done." Say so um he said, "Okay, uh, now you need to start what I've called you to do." And he was like, <laughs> "Excuse me sir. In case you for you forgotten or in case it you are the Lord of Lord and King of. but let me bring to your attention the fact that I have been serving you for the past 15 years. And the Lord said, I didn't send you. That was God, what God told him, I did not send you. The same thing happened to Pahelton. Most of us have heard Pahelton, Pahelton, Pahelton the first 25 years of his ministry in Nigeria, for example, he you know, built schools, built hospitals, did all of that. And then the Lord came to him after 25 years and said, um, when are you going to start doing <laughs> what I called you to do? He said, "Sir, you can't see it, hospitals? can't you see the schools, can't you see that I'm helping? No, no, no. What I called you to do was to raise me leaders. I didn't send you to build schools. I didn't send you to build hospitals. That, so when the Bible was preaching after, they are like, you people don't have 25 years to waste like I have done. So he started to now preach like a crazy person because he knew he had blown 25 years of his life. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter who you are. God is not going to reward you for things he didn't send you. It doesn't matter. You can You can. You can beg for mercy and other. You cannot be rewarded for what God didn't ask you to do. What was not written in his plan and program for you, you went to do it for yourself, good for you, but you are not going to get rewarded for it. So, men, we, we cannot do things for God because we think this is what we should do for God. If it is not what God wants us to do, we are wasting our time. Absolutely wasting our time. So, as children of God, we must go back to the place where the Holy Spirit is actually the one that did. nobody. I'm not. You know, people will come back and say, uh, "But God gave us common sense and all that. Yes, there is the place of common sense, but even your common sense is subject to the Holy Ghost. This morning, the clothes that I wanted to wear was different. Uh, my wife was gracious enough to hire it for me and all of that. And when I, by the time I got to the bedroom, I was coming out. The Holy Ghost was like, mm, "Nah." change. So it was, it was, it was in the bathroom that I had the picture of how I am, how I am today. If I had come here looking like that, you guys would not know, but it is recorded in the spirit that this boy did not, did not listen. It's a disobedience. And you know, there are things people, there are little, little things you do that affect the big things. If you are not faithful in the small, why should God trust you with the big? God bless me with billions. The 5,000 pounds I gave you, you didn't give me tight 500. Why should I give you a million pounds? It's easy to say I will be faithful, I'll be faithful until, until you need to remove a hundred thousand pounds from your one million. You will suddenly understand how big your hundred thousand pounds is. You, you know, it's, uh, Maybe because you are doing back transfer, it looks like numbers to you. If you had to pile that money on the floor, you know what it will look like, but if God has not been able to circumcise our hearts with the small, with the small little decisions, go that way, don't go this way, choose this one, don't do the fast today, don't do it today, and all that. If God has not been able to circumcise our hearts, when He brings the big stuff, everybody will run. And because God unveils His plan in phases, if you do not, comp- if you do not, if you are not careful enough with the first phase then God cannot come and ask you to build the second phase because many times the second phase rests on the testimony of the first phase. And if the first phase is like, there was a building in in Lagos some time ago that people were buying, buying portions of it. So people were buying floors and all that. And they told this man of God to come and buy an apartment in the building. And he just felt, "Mm, nah, he he just felt a reluctance in his spirit to buy. And he didn't buy And so after they have invested and invested, I don't. Maybe some of us heard the story that the building literally just came down, just crumbled with all their investments and everything. God wants even even our prayer meeting. God wants it to go a certain way. Let me give you an example. Yesterday, you know, at the vigil on Friday, we were praying a series. You know the way we prayed on Friday. So on on Saturday, um, um, Satan felt it was a good idea to turn up. But, of course, God is bigger than him and all that. So, um, we were cutting the head of snakes. You remember that we were saying all the serpents that, do, how many of us remember that prayer? What did we say? We were talking of serpents of deception, that things that were, you, yeah, look at this, people. Okay, anyway, if you remember, we will pray prayers like that about, you know, all the deception, like the serpent that deceived Eve and all the kind of deception and all that that we, we rebuke, we destroy in the name of Jesus. My daughter wakes up around 2 a.m. and starts to talk of the fact that why are snakes and all that and all that and all that. I guess why? Bind this in the name of Jesus. Come and sleep next to me. Let's see that snake. If they bond them well, they should come. You know things like that. There is you should if if you pray serious when you are binding princes and, and, and if you expect that they will try to intimidate you. If if they don't try to intimidate you, your prayer is not getting anywhere yet. So after that, then I wo- I woke up. I prayed, I prayed. I prayed. I prayed. I prayed. I prayed and all that. And then the Lord gave me a few prayer points for us to pray at the prayer meeting yesterday evening. So then as prayer meeting was coming, I realized I needed to go somewhere, which meant I was most likely going to miss the prayer meeting. So, you know, I asked you to do second prayer. You said you weren't going to, I think I asked somebody else. The person also was not available. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe this is a sign. I knew I needed to lead those prayers yesterday. But situation had happened in a way that was almost impossible for me to do it. So, eventually, I called staff, uh, Pastor Busi and said, please, lead prayers between 4.30 and 5.00. I'm not going to be in the house. I need to be somewhere. She said, okay, sure, no problem. And then, prayer started. And then, after Dicky the Josh had lead, led prayer for like 30 minutes, he messages me and says, um, Who is leading the next round of prayers? (laughs) At that point, God had done it so much that where we were going, we couldn't go there yet. And somehow we just parked at the McDonald's. So it was at McDonald's car park that was having to I wouldn't have bothered if Pastor Busia had started prayers. But you know, in the goodness of God, God made sure she slept and did not wake up. (laughs) So, all the time that Dicky Josh was leading prayers, she was snoozing. By the time she woke up, I was already leading prayers. Because the Holy Ghost had wanted that those prayers must be prayed yesterday. And he made sure that even I was having to repent after like, I I knew. Even when I was texting Pastor Posada to say, please deputize him. I knew I wasn't supposed to send that text. How am I going to do it? Where I'm going is going to be noisy and all that. But the Holy goes knew, so he made sure I was stuck in a McDonald's car just so I could lead those prayers. And after the prayers finished, maybe we spent another five minutes there or something, and then we had to go where we were going to go. Because there was a pattern that had been building since the video that we needed to continue yesterday. And if we didn't continue that, we would not have prosecuted what we needed to do. And God knows what would have happened if we didn't pray the prayers we needed to pray. So when, when you've been praying, Lord, send deliverance, Lord, send deliverance, Lord, send it. When the season of deliverance now comes and the Holy Ghost starts to say, do this, do that, do that. If you don't do those things, then the deliverance you are looking for does not happen. And you say, God has not answered my prayers. Whereas when he came with answers and said, okay, you've been bugging me, now I have come. Do A, B, C. You'd look at C and be like, nah. That is, that is what happens that children of God don't receive answers. Because the, people expect that, Lord, give me a car, Lord, give me a car, Lord, give me this. And somebody will just come and say, here's a car. No. God would might say, that meeting that you say you don't want to go, you should go. And you give God all the reasons in the world where you cannot go. Whereas God knows that you are going to meet somebody there. That the person will be the the what the facilitator of that thing that you are looking for. There was there was a job interview I did uh, a couple of years ago, and I remember calling Dad and saying that. Uh, so as usual, call him and say uh, I have this interview and pray along. And then on the day of the interview or a day before, he calls, and we pray together, and all that. And that they would pray the prayer and say that anybody that would that would. Cause you trouble. In this interview, they will not come. That was the prayer. So I got the interview and, and the panel was like, ah, apologies. Uh, it's supposed to be three of us, but one of us needed to go represent the institute um, somewhere in Japan or Korea. So basically, they shipped him, the <laughs> shipped him to the other side of the world and i didn't know I, I didn't know the person at the time but eventually eventually when i started to work with the person i understood why god shipped the person <laughs> far away <laughs> from that neighborhood so it, it it is god has the every intention of honoring our prayers especially if they are faith based prayers that are according to his will he hears us and he wants to answer us but if we are not in 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 the context of the answer to the prayer, if we are not in the shape, if we don't have the foundation that allows the answered prayer to rest, it's like I, like I started with the story of Noah. He got a, a a a dove. Sent the dove out. The dove. Bible says the dove came back because it found no rest for it. So he sent a dove and a raven. Raven went out, saw the dead bodies, decided to eat. You know, raven and dead bodies are five and six. So he, the raven ate all the dead things and then full, full belly, was tired of the ra- ration that, that Noah was giving it. So he ate a lot of dead things and came back. The Bible says the dove couldn't find any rest for his own feet. okay? He waited again, sent them out. So at some point, the, the um, raven was still partying upon dead things and all that. The, what do you call it? the dove came back with an olive tree in its mouth, signifying peace, that God has made peace with man, Noah steps out and start offers a sacrifice, and God says, I'll see them and harvest them and all that. The ground will no longer be paid unto you and all that and all that. And he did all of that and was fine. But the Holy Ghost could not find. The Bible says that the third time he released them, the dove left and never came back. You know the next time we saw that dove? How many of us know it? When the heavens opened and the Lord Jesus Christ came back, and the Lord Jesus Christ was baptized and he came out of the world. that was when the next time we saw that because we finally found many of us are like Noah and they are that God, the Holy Ghost is just putting up with us for a season because we are not engaging, we are not, our lives are not in a in the order in the shape that the Holy Ghost can truly rest. The first time that God finally found somebody, the Lord Jesus Christ, where the Holy Ghost. I say the Holy Ghost came upon him in, without measure. And you saw what the Holy Ghost could do with the Lord Jesus. When you finish um, baptism yeah, 40 days, you will think that with all that anointing, he will just burst into the city and be like, where, are, where is your burial ground here? If he had done that, he would have been shocked. Because he will command, and (laughs) some of those dead bodies will not even assign him (laughs) because he would have done it in the flesh. That's what the devil wanted Jesus to do do something because he felt I am the Son of God. Even if he did it and God answered, he he said, Jump down, the angels will catch you. Even if he jumps and the angels catch him, the point is that he did it on the instruction of Satan. And Jesus came back and said, and taught us that whoever you obey, you become a servant. So even though Jesus had, if Jesus had jumped and they just had caught him, Satan would have owned him. But he knew that. So it's like, it is written. We, before, you, if you want to hear God speak to your ears, you want to hear God speak to your vision, the first place you must always know is the one that has been written. If you cannot be bothered to read what has already been written, it will be hard for you. Because when the devil comes to speak to you, it is the one that is written that provides a basis and a foundation for that which you now hear. You hear things and you know, this is not God. You know, I was listening to a, a sound of God and he said that he, 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 want, he went to preach in a church and he didn't, he was asking the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, help me, help me, help me. What do I say? And nothing came. So before the message, he quickly went to the bathroom and while he was in the bedroom, the, the, the sermon came to him of the story of Sarah and Hagar and Abraham and all of that. So he, 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 st- he stood there and was preaching. The pastor sat, two other women sat, and he was preaching. For example, Hagar and, 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 and Sarah, and Hagar was a bondwoman, and Sarah was... Came. Isha preached. You know that sermon that would let you know that um, Abraham went to sleep with Hagar and all of that, and Sarah became... When he finished and he went home, they said the pastor did not even see him to his car. He didn't know what he had done. Apparently, the pastor had told the church that the Lord told him to marry two women so that he could produce 12 sons for the kingdom. So the two women he married were the two women sitting next to him. <laughs> Guest minister did not know. So he's there saying, You, Sarah you Hagar, you this. <laughs> <laughs> so when they eventually called him and said, <laughs> you have scattered church. And the man said, God told him to marry two well so he can produce it. You know what the guest guesses they said, you see, this is lack of understanding of scriptures. So it wasn't two women that gave Jacob 12 sons. It was four. So tell him he's still missing two. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. So when we don't have an understanding of scriptures, that, uh, most of the error in the world is because of a lack of understanding of scriptures. I was having a discussion with someone this morning, and, and usually I don't like back and forth. I, I, w- 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 debating scriptures, usually when, when, you, when you discuss scriptures in a debate setting, there's a good chance. Eh, the people are busy trying to defend their position. Nobody's actually learning anything. So debating scriptures uh, I, I, I am not a fan of. If somebody' is teaching us, let, let the person teach us. Let the Holy Ghost judge what the person is teaching our hearts. But when you say your own, I say my own. but I, unfortunately, I got involved in this one. and the reason I got involved is because it was a group of almost a thousand people. And the person started to say, uh, you can't lose your salvation. we uh, read that scripture in 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 that once you are saved, you are forever. I don't think there's anything in in, in in Christianity that annoys me more than once saved, forever saved. It every time I hear it, it annoys me. Because number one, it has become the basis for people not being not striving for maturity. Because uh, all, all your sins are for. When you say all your sins are forget, forgiven, past, present, and future, that's not exactly what the scripture, the potential is always there for forgiveness. The, the art, in heaven, forever, O Lord, your word is said to where? On earth, heart. When that scripture was written, you think God forgot about the earth? Because in, on the earth, he had given the earth to who? That means there, there, there is impute of man for the word of God to settle upon the earth. So if the man does not cooperate with the word of God that is settled in heaven, then it won't settle here. And so when you say once and forever, say, you put the whole responsibility on Jesus that Jesus has done it. You just be eating bread and butter. And then when you say that, people come and say uh, you are trying to scare people with hell. No, 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 no. I'm not scaring you with that. I, I like to preach God from the pr- point of view of love, but the scripture is clear. And say once somebody, say, Demas. When in, in Philemon, um, Apostle Paul was speaking of there Demas, my collaborator. By the time he got second Timothy, what did he say? He say Demas has left me. <laughs> I've not mean, loved the world, <laughs> so because somebody replied to me, and said, I said, "There is no way somebody is is because the person if so, there is no way you can know God very well, and and, and then turn your back on Jesus." I, no, Lucifer knew God enough in heaven; he did he not turn his back? There is always the as long as as we exist, there is choice. You, 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 the angel, no no angel might rebel again now but the reason they won't do it again is because the one that did it, they saw the way it went they are free to rebel if they want but they have seen it, you've seen the judgment that comes with rebelling but you still have your choice to rebel, and so it, it is not scriptural to say once sin forever sin te- this is what I tell people like that God is a just God God respects our wishes, if a man tells God that you know what, Lord Almighty, he doesn't like God anymore. He doesn't want Jesus anymore. Holy Spirit can leave him alone. Do you think someone can say things like that and mean it and still be saved? Oh. So if somebody says, Jesus, you can keep your salvation to yourself. Holy Ghost, you can come back to where, go back to where you came from. You know there are cults that that is what they ask the people that are joining to say. That is the confession. The way you stand and you do confession of faith every Sunday. So there are cults in this world that that is what they tell them to do. They tell them to curse God and curse Jesus and curse the Holy Spirit. Not just deny. Curse, put a curse on them and say you curse Jesus. You curse, the, you curse. this. You curse that. Are they saved? So where do you come and say? It? Let me st- let me stop. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. So, you know, many times because another challenge of believers is that you know we are talking of building so that God can come. And one of the challenges of believers is because we understand that we are righteous people. We sometimes there is the assumption that because you are a righteous person, you you are right in all the things you do. No, you are righteous by by the factor of a position of, of, of of an imputed thing. Let's read Romans 4. So it doesn't look like um I'm just pulling scripture, I'm just saying what I want. Romans 4 from verse 19. Says, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had Promised he was also able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Even Abraham here, it it, it took him a while. This chapter, God says, Abraham, let's have a covenant. They cut a covenant. Next chapter, Abraham goes and sleeps with Hagar. We literally just had a covenant, and then the next chapter, you go and find egg and get and got that pregnant and all of that. So so it, it wasn't it what the what it wasn't it was the only thing that Abraham did was that he believed God and was accounted unto him for righteousness. So by fact of our believing the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus and accepting his substitutionary sacrifice and accepting that he has paid for our sins and everything, we become saved and that salvation comes with that salvation comes imputed righteousness. But what it doesn't come with is the wisdom to do the will of God. That is how many people get. You, you've seen before that people get saved. and after a while, they, they seem to get lost. they don't even know what to do where to do this, because the knowledge and the wisdom to now live the new life that they have received has not been furnished unto them, so they fail. You remember the parable of the sower. Uh, sowed uh, um, on 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 in the midst of thorns, sprang up quickly, but was choked by the cares of the world. Sown on the on the sidewalk, it grew up quickly, but because of course there was no depth, it got, it got it, the sun came, squashed, scorched it, and killed it. So if if the life can be sown. Righteousness can be imputed, but if you are not, if, if now the wisdom to live that life, the understanding of what that life means, the knowledge of what the life means, if those things are not now supplied to you, you will struggle to live that life. And you know, um, so because people have received righteousness, then sometimes the, the, the and because of, of doctrines like just mentioned once forever, sometimes the drive to now, Go after the things of God, the drive to seek after the will of God, the drive to know more about God, then it starts to, it's he, he, killed by a wrong understanding of the person of God. And you know, but you know, uh, um, what righteousness really means is that you, you, you God found you and you accepted the sacrifice of Jesus and you, and you became righteous. But it doesn't, it, 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 like I said, I was imputed unto us. And I want to read, I want to read a, a passage. Or oh, because of time, I'm not gonna read it. But many, many things of God are a gift. Salvation is a gift. You find out in Ephesians two eight. Righteousness, like I said, is a gift that Romans 4 that we read. The, even the Holy Ghost is a gift. Acts two thirty-eight. But the fact that you have received a gift does not mean you know how the gift operates or how to walk with that gift. So many, many people have received the gifts of salvation, the gift of the Holy Ghost, but have not gotten to the point where they they walk with the Holy Ghost so that the plans that God has for us starts to become actualized. And because the plans of God are not bending and they are unyielding, then men are not able to walk into that which the Lord has for them. And uh, you know, Righteousness means we are standing right with God. That is the simple definition. And you know righteousness means you have good standing with God. But there are more postures for a child of God than just standing. Stand if we read, maybe I'll just read this one and then stop there. Psalm chapter one. Maybe we'll continue next time. Psalm chapter one. All of us know Psalm one, don't we? It says blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly who stands in the path of nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of discomfort. so there are three postures here walking standing and sitting the standing like it refers to our righteousness because he said who stands in the path of sin who stands not in the path of sinners that means he's not a sinner is not associated with sin. that means if not a sinner what is he is righteous so the standing refers to our righteousness but that is not the only posture. there is the sitting there is the walking sitting refers to our position of authority if you read ephesians 1 20. um let's actually read ephesians one, twenty. Ephesians chapter one verse twenty says which he walked in Christ when he raised him up from the dead and and seated him at the right hand of God in heavenly places. So you see there that the Lord Jesus Christ is seated in heavenly places at the right hand of God. Then you get Ephesians two six, and Ephesians two six see, says and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That is our sitting position our position of authority but there is the last one in in that same psalm that speaks of our walking it said walk not in the counsel of the ungodly what does counsel mean counsel is is advice counsel is 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 wisdom counsel i wrote a few words uh, for counsel here um With its its advice, its guidance, its wisdom, its know-how. Counsel of the ungodly. That means there is a counsel there is godly, there is a counsel that is ungodly. So if you are sitting in your position of authority with God and you are standing in the righteousness of God, but you are not walking in the counsel of the godly, you are not a blessed man. So Psalm 1 verse 1 speaks, it says a blessed man is a person who doesn't sit where? Who doesn't stand where? Who doesn't uh, walk where? Those three people, those three, they, so the, the blessed man has three sides. There is the standing of righteousness, there is the sitting of the authority of Christ, and there is the walking. So many people, many of us understand that we are righteous in Christ. Many of us understand that we have authority in God. That's why something happens and the first thing he says, in the name of of Jesus. But the walking part is where many do. Council is progressive. Council, when you are walking, if you want to walk from here to central London, it's not a straight line, is it? At some point, you are going to decide whether you want to turn left or right and you would have different if you're <laughs> like somebody here that shall not be named was trying to find their way to church one day and the GPS on their phone was a little bit wonky. The north was not fully calibrated. So the person was trying to, (laughs) and the person would get near the church and then the GPS would say, turn left, turn right, turn this. And the person, uh, God knows how long it took. Eventually, one of us had to go and look for. (laughs) He wasn't for the, but the reason that happened was because the calibration of their map was not right. The guidance system that they had was not correct. If the counsel that we—it doesn't matter how much righteous, righteousness we are, righteous it doesn't matter how much authority that we say we have. If we do not walk in the counsel of God, if we not walk in in the path of righteousness, we do not get the, We do not fully live as a blessed man and the Lord will help us in Jesus name and the, the as I close this the, the, the big challenge is the fact that like I said we don't have a lot we, we are bound by time God is not God created time and put man in it so man is bound by time God is not bound by time and you know the gifts and the fruit of the Holy Spirit long suffering patience if, if God if the fruit of the Spirit is long suffering can you have more long suffering than God is it possible for you to have more long-suffering than God? Because the, spirit, the fruit is of him, isn't it? That means he is plenteous in that thing that you, that you are expressing a portion of. Same thing with patience. Can you be more patient than God? No. You, but the, the, the challenge with those attributes of God is that, like I said, those servants of God, that God came after many years. One, God came after about 15. One, God came after 25 to say, my friend, my <laughs> friend, um, that thing that you that I said we should do together. You have not started though. Why didn't God say anything in year one? Why didn't he say anything in year five? Year ten. In fact you know you know the the the, 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 the solemnity of God that even when they were building all those schools and buildings, they were dedicating it in whose name? So the 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 fact that God is not pulling your hair out does not necessarily mean everything you are doing is acceptable. That's why we are the ones that always have to go to God and say, examine me. If there's any iniquity in me, check me. Because we are the ones, you know, God's hospital is, God has an hospital, and that hospital is you that will admit yourself. It's you that you will go there and say, am I right like this? Nah, okay. Holy Ghost, come and check. Inspect. One of my favorite prayers, and it is one of the prayers that grieves me the most, but I like praying, is that God will show me a picture of where I am with him, and where I'm supposed to be. And the few times God has answered that prayer that I have seen, my dear, it, it, it wasn't you, what God would now show you is where you are supposed to be. And then where you, and then maybe the next day will show you a vision of where you are. And yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't very, very pretty. But the question, the thing is, whether you ask now or you ask when you get to heaven, you will find out. That's why I tell people that at the judgment seat of Christ, God Jesus will come with a lot of handkerchief. Because the Bible says it will wipe away people's tears. Because people, it, by the time you see what you should have been versus what you were, it's going to be a lot of tears. So let us cry now so that we don't cry. Let's let go, ask God. It, it, is, it is painful. It is like surgery. It might be painful, but it is necessary. So you quickly know. When, when you are not right, you know now. And you can start to course correct. When you need to, I, I heard this story of a man of God. Like I think I've told us before. The man would, anytime you go and visit me, would say, wait, "Wait, wait, let me show you my 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 jotter of what the Lord said to me in 1980s. This that I'm going to go to the nations." I'm, that man was already in his 70s at that time. Which nations is he going? Where's the energy? You are 32 now. You are 35 now. You can jump from city to city. Even at that, after you jump four or five cities, your body looks like it's about to shatter. And then you now bring a 70-something-year-old man to start with going from London, Manchester, Birmingham. By the time you do that journey, even you that go to work, there is only one place of work you have. By the time you do it five days a week, are you not ready to crash on, fri- on Friday? So, but the man will come and say, this is what the Lord said in 1984. my dear, if God said something in 1984, except because there are instances where, it depends on what God said. Let let me clarify that because there are times when God shows you a vision in the 80s and it is in 2025 that he starts actually to show. That's different. But if God is, is showing you things that are supposed to be now, but those things are not now. And God didn't tell you that like somebody was saying that God showed him a vision that he will build a, a was it a, a, a TV ministry or something? God showed him the vision maybe in the early 80s. But the angel that told him said that when it is time, I will come back and let you know that you need to start building. The angel came back 2015. So in that case, even though it took how many years, the man was still in the perfect will of God because the Lord had said the angel will come back and let you know when it is time. And then the angel came back and said, you know, like I said in 1982, it's time now. Start. But if, if things like that are not there and you, are, you don't have a clear picture that the things you are supposed to do, you have not. You, many of us, there are things that we should have done five years ago that we, we don't even have an idea that we should be doing. There are things maybe we should have done seven years ago, but because we, we have not gone up the mountain to receive a revelation of what to build, we don't even know what the building should look like. You should know what the building should There should be a concept of what God wants to make out of you in your spirit. And then you begin to walk towards that concept. Anything you do that takes you away from the concept that the Holy Ghost has put inside you is a distraction and a waste of your life. So we, we, it, it, it is too late for us now to be, to be doing trial and error. Rather than do try and error, go and sit in the presence of God and stay there until God answers you and says, This is what you should be doing. Don't do, you know, we believers are wonderful people. We, we, we trust God to reveal. Uh, uh, when it is time, the Lord will reveal His mind, the Lord will reveal His purpose, the Lord will reveal. The Lord will only reveal if the foundation is right. If, if you started with something that the Lord instituted, then God is going to reveal here is part two, here is part three. Here is part... If you have completely gone off tangent, then God is not going to be doing part two, part three. God is going to expect you to abandon that and build a new foundation. For example, God says you are going to be a teacher of the word of God. You know, conventional wisdom says read your Bible like a madman. Isn't it? Because if you don't, are you here? If, if you, God says you be a teacher of the word, then God expects, normally the ba- basic minimum is that you, you interact with your Bible the best you can. But that might not be helped because there are flavors to the teaching anointing. So God will, God, God will come, if God wants to help you, God comes to you and shows you maybe one or two men that, they, that, they, that you are supposed to follow and understand the way the teaching anointing works on them, and by virtue of your understanding of the scriptures through their lenses, then your own lenses become activated. So you will not end up preaching their messages. You end up preaching your, the messages that God gives you, but the foundation of your understanding will be the revelations God has given those people. So there many many teachers would have had contact with Reverend Kenneth Hagin at some point. But there are also teachers that have never, ha- that never had contact. There are people that function in, 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 from an understanding of Ken, uh, Reverend Kenneth Hagin. There are people that function maybe from Derek Prince and all that. There are people that function from Watchman Need. Different flavors. But at the end of the day, then God puts his unique blend over you. And you you and then you become a distinct voice yourself. But at some point there would have been shoulders of giants that you stood on. Because it is counterproductive that every time God is not human, that every time you have to every single person has to build from scratch. No, you there is continuity. That's why we talk of mantles being passed down generations. It, there is a continuity, there's a a, a a an interaction of the Holy Ghost. That there is a chain reaction that comes. But each of us must key into the one. That is supposed to propel us where we must go. So wherever you are, just bow down your heads this morning. Just We'll take a few minutes to pray. Because, yes, if we build it, yes, God will come. But the only way God will come is if we are built according to His specification. Let's just rise up on our feet wherever we have this morning. Many times, you know, uh, Scripture talks of, of that we should be careful the kind of materials we build with. Some building with hay, some building with stubble. Because the, the fire will test the works of everybody's hand. And we know that God is a consuming fire. So the fire that will test everybody's hand, work, the fire that will test is a fire that proceeds from the mouth of God. The word of God is going to be the judge of what we do. So just speak to God this morning that the Lord would help you. That you will build to specification in the name of Jesus, that will be to specification, I can't hear us, are we praying, that God would help us, if if you can't stand up, sit down, just pray, that's the most important part, that you pray that the Lord would help you, it, that God will give you a revelation of, of what it is your life is supposed to even be. Many people go through life not even knowing what God has in stock for them, not even having any clue, of, of not because God is not speaking, but because people are not listening. Ask that the Lord would help you. Ask that the Lord would, would, would open your eyes. Ask that the Lord will give you the grace to seek until you see that which God has said to you. And many, many times, maybe because of, of maybe lack of resources or maybe because things appear slow, then people start to try to help god every time men have tried to help god they have tr- they have succeeded in tarnishing maybe what god has in stock for them they have succeeded in aborting that which god had in plan for, in mind for them they have succeeded in derailing or delaying it speak to the lord that the lord would help you to build according to the pattern shown us on the mountain Many of us, maybe we have not even climbed the mountain high enough to see the pattern. I ask that God will give you the strength to climb that mountain. To climb up to the mountain of the Lord to be able to see his will, to be able to see his purpose, to be able to see his counsel, so that we can come into the world, whether it's in the business sector, whether it's in academics, whether it's in ministry, in whatever way that we will not be able to, that which we have seen on the mountain, will be able to crystallize in the eyes of men, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask for revelation this morning. We ask for help this morning. We ask for a show. We ask for a demonstration. We ask for a revelation of that which you have for us, that we will not just continue to live. We will not sleep. Ask God that you will not sleepwalk through life. You will not just wake up one day and you are 45 you wake up another day, you are 56. You wake up another day, you are 67. You wake up uh, one day and suddenly you need walking stick. And one high is not what it used to be. That in the name of Jesus, we will not, not sleepwalk through life. But we would have an understanding. Ask for a revelation. I asked for a revelation. I didn't get there, but maybe we'll talk about it later. Paul when, when he, Paul knew that he was supposed to be a servant of God on his way to Damascus, the Bible says he, he was saying to the Galatians, when they were questioning his credentials as an apostle, he started to tell them stories, you know, stories that they didn't know before. He, he, when he got saved, the Bible says he went to Arabia for three years. He was the most learned of the, all the apostles. You would think he already knew enough to be able to connect the dots to say, oh, all the law that I have studied, now I see that is from the perspective of Jesus. It took three years of his life off. Many of us want to jump out the window and start to do apostle, the reason apost- we, uh, theologically speaking, most of us will say, maybe after the Lord Jesus Christ, the person that did maybe the most is apostle Paul. Why did he do that? Jesus took how many years of training. Even when at 12, the Lord Jesus was arguing with doctors of the law. So at 12, he knew he enough of the law, he knew the, enough of God to confound all the doctors. Yet he waited until he was 30 to start ministry. Apostle Paul, even though he was a doctor of the Lord, took three years of his life that we will not just jump out the window and just start running, running a race that you don't even know the length and breadth of it, that you don't even know the scope of it. Ask that the Lord will give us the, the, the vision of what to build and how the how to build that which we are supposed to build. What is his purpose for this church? Why are we here? Who are we supposed to talk to? Who are we, who are we being sent to? Jesus knew who he was sent to. He was sent to the Lordship of Israel. He was sending out the disciples. He said you should only go to the towns of Israel. Because he knew that the assignment to Samaria, to Judea, and to the rest of this world was given to other people at specific times. Pray. Pray, pray, pray in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, an understanding of why I'm here and how I'm supposed to do what you have called me to do. In the name of Jesus, I receive that understanding. I will not fight like one that beats the hair. In the name of Jesus, I will not find blinded. Many children of God fight with their eyes blinded. Fighting, not knowing what you are fighting, not knowing what you should be fighting for. That, that will not be our story, but that the Lord will call up, will bring us us up onto Mount Zion and give us a revelation of that which he has called us to do in the name of Jesus. Imagine, (laughs) in Jesus' name we pray, imagine if the Bible did not have the book of revelations. Just imagine. How do you think it would have looked? With the times that we are in now, imagine if the book of revelations was not in the Bible we would have no idea mystery babylon we have no idea of of how the world we hand we have no idea of, of the beast we have of the 10 kingdoms we have no idea of the new jerusalem imagine not having any of that information and we are just here and you know like the prayer that pastor uh, pastor Busi was raising about people making laws and all that and you know but because we have a, a, an understanding of how the thing ends i was i, I was talking to the people in the car who are driving yesterday that you know um, the land of Israel they are surrounded by many arab countries they, they all of, most of those arab countries have oil it is only israel that that doesn't have oil you, and yet they are the ones that are supposed to be the most blessed of everybody but then they found out now that they've got gas and they've got one of the largest deposits of gas in the world and now that puts them in direct opposition with Russia because Russia is do, has been using gas to bend Europe and tell Europe what to do. So suddenly now, this little Israel comes up and they've got a lot of gas to rival Russia. And so you begin to see where the alignments of the nations will come and where the, the war of Gog and Magog will come from. Because some Gog and Magog, representation of Russia, will not open their eyes and let Israel take away their influence over Europe. And all this, so but because we have an understanding of scriptures, you can't put pieces together, you will speak to God again. That, that God will give you a revelation, God will give you a revelation that you will not find blindly, you will not fight blindly, you will not struggle with life blindly, you will not just go through life blindly. In the name of Jesus, are we praying? This is not just for church. This is for ourselves. This is this is for individu- our purpose and our counsel, uh, the counsel of the of God, godly counsel for our lives. That God will make, God would help us to see the ones He has been saying to us that we have not been hearing. That God will open our ears to hear The one He has been saying, "This is what I want you. This is the way I want you to go, so you can reach this particular expected end." That God would help us to see and hear and do in the name of Jesus. The God is the God of mercy and grace. Receive mercy this morning. Receive grace this morning. If there's anything you are believing God for for healing, for strength, for help, just ask for ask this morning. God is the God of mercy. God is the God of grace. Ask this morning in the name of Jesus. We receive grace, we receive mercy. We receive help, we receive help in the name of Jesus. If you are trusting God for something specifically in your life, This is the moment to ask him. This is the moment to ask him. We must never be afraid to ask our father. There is the father relationship with God. There is the Lord relationship with God. There is the savior relationship with God. And we must leverage on all those sides of God. Now ask him. Say, Lord, I'm trusting you for this. I'm trusting you for that. In the name of Jesus. Holy Father, we trust you. As your people ask, you do more than they ask. In the name of Jesus. We receive strength and grace. In the name of Jesus. You can bring the communion quickly. In the name of Jesus. Strength and grace. Strength and grace. Strength and grace. Strength and grace. grace. Let's just receive strength for this new week. Receive strength in your inner man, in the name of Jesus. Strength in your inner man strengthen your person in the name of Jesus. Every every feeble knee, we command you to receive strength. Every weak hand, we command you to receive strength. Every sagging heart, we command you to be strengthened. Every sagging head, we command you to be lifted up. Every disappointment, we command that they be changed in the name of Jesus. Every expectation be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. Every expectation that has previously been cut off, that has been cut short, is elongated by the power of the Holy Ghost, is restored in the name of Jesus. The Bible says the Lord Jesus went into the temple, saw a man that was withered. He said, Stretch forth your hand. The, man, the Bible says he stretched forth his hand and it was as whole as the previous one. Any shortcoming in the name of Jesus, every shortcoming is restored. Every shortness of reach, everything that we, we were able to reach before, but for some reason our hands, our reach has been shortened. We command, we ask by the expression, by the healing of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, our hands reach things that we work we couldn't reach before in the name of Jesus are you still speaking to God is if whatever you are trusting God for we command healing into everybody every system every organ in the name of Jesus every cell receive the life of God conform to the image of the most high God in the name of Jesus we are healed in our minds we are healed in our emotions we are healed in our bodies in the name of jesus sound mind and grace in the name of jesus thank you father in jesus name we pray Let's lift up your communion to the lord holy father we lift up this bread and this wine in the name of jesus first of we thank you for the sacrifice that made this possible thank you lord jesus Thank you, Father, for giving us, Jesus, for loving the world so much that you gave the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for choosing to die for our sins, for going through the cross, and for all the liberties that you've made available to us. Father, it's part of those liberties that we have come to, to take this communion, to, to demonstrate physically of the spiritual realities of the cross and resurrection and ascension and, and then glorification father as we take this bread and this communion that this process continues in our lives that not only are we being saved that everything that is not of you is dies completely and that we are only alive to you in the name of Jesus that we are to the mountain of the lord and see wondrous things from his own point of view that we are glorified in the things he have called us to do, that you are glorified in us and your blessings reign upon us, that our lives will be a portrait of the blessed man. Not only do we sit um, by the, on your right hand the position of authority, not only do we stand in your righteousness alone, but that our work, everyday work, will be in your counsel and in your purpose. Holy Ghost, as we take this communion, baptize us once again with the spirit of might, baptize us with the spirit of wisdom, baptize us with the fear of the Lord, baptize us with the spirit of the Lord. There are things that things that were impossible become possible in the name of Jesus. Everyone that is trusting you for healing as they take this communion, they are healed in the name of Jesus. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing stolen in the name of Jesus. Everything that is missing is restored a tenfold in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can take the bread and wine. Um, if you have your offering, just, thank you. If you have your offering, just raise it up. If you want to do bank transfers, you know what to do. Just raise up your right hand as we pray upon the offerings. Father, I bless the offerings of your people. They give these offerings as a token of their love unto you. We ask that you accept it from them in the name of Jesus. Everyone that is a faithful tither, as your servant has blessed them, we declare them blessed in the name of Jesus. As as we give tithes and offerings, that Lord the capacity to do more. You said if you are faithful in small things, you make us rulers over big large things. Lord, we have been faithful in that which we have. We come we we therefore ask for expansion and an opening of the windows of heaven upon everyone and every family in the name of Jesus. Your week is blessed. Everything that concerns you is blessed. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Quick announcements: um, Bible study on Wednesday, and also um, fasting and prayer. Hmm. Forty days fasting and prayers, March through. You can clap. (laughs) Day forty, I hope you still have the energy to clap. (laughs) Hallelujah! So, forty days fasting and prayer starts March first, and um. In this, we will be joining the headquarters every morning because there will be prayers every morning. So we'll be joining the headquarters every single morning. And also, we will, um, on the days for our Bible study, we will be having one-hour prayers. The flyer is ready. Uh King Josh will post it in the, uh, on the Telegram and then to be on all our social media. So every Wednesday in March, One hour prayer for families, for friends. And I want to encourage us to send the flyers to people and invite people. It's going to be prayers for every aspect of our lives. And the Lord will bless us in Jesus' name. Let's rise up as we share the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Uh, Can you put up um, Isaiah 57? The King Josh has been kind enough to dis- make a design for us, so at least we can read off the screen. Thank you. Okay. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isaiah 50, verse 7. It says, For the Lord God will help me, therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be ashamed. If you not be ashamed in life, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. The Lord bless you. Have a wonderful week in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.